We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Chicago Bears select... Welcome to Picks for Polls, presented by The Bear Report. Your number one source for everything Chicago Bears draft news, analysis, scouting reports, and more. Presented by Blue Wire Pods. And now, making their way to the podium, Andrew Freeman and Usaid Koshal. Welcome to Picks for Polls, a Chicago Bears draft podcast presented by the Bear Report and Blue Wire Pods. My name is Andrew Freeman, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Yusei Koshal. We were recording this episode on a Thursday here, June 8th. The Bears are still in the middle of OTAs going on right now. Um, but other than that, it's, it's still in that quiet time of the offseason. We're trying to trudge through getting as much content as we can from the OTAs, whether, whether it be storylines or videos. Um, but before we get into the topic of today's episode, you said, how are you doing today, man? Yeah, I'm doing well. It's interesting you mentioned OTAs, storylines. I mean, there is some stuff going on, but also as we're recording this, the Bull, or I'm sorry, the Bears are at the United Center right now, and Justin Fields is shooting hoops. And then a little bit of a preseason action where the Bears' first two games against the Titans and Colts is going to be on NFL Network. And I believe preseason starts August 12th. 12th or 14th right around there so definitely going to be here faster than you think and then just look for the training camp schedule to be released sometime over the next two weeks yep absolutely i mean there, it's just man august 12th or 14th it seems like that's a while away from where we are right now although it seems it seems like this offseason has gone by pretty quickly since the draft anyways so who knows maybe it'll fly by but yeah like you said i mean there's just there are some things to talk about in regards to OTAs. We're not going to be focusing on that for this episode. Um, we got a couple of things uh, planned for talking about some future off-season needs for next off-season for the Bears, which will be really interesting to break down. But in terms of some of the stuff going on at OTAs, I think we can touch on real quick before we get started on that. Um, and we talked about last week how uh, Nate Davis, Jalen Johnson were not at OTAs uh, for – a variety of different reasons. Well, it sounds like both of those guys are back and practicing. So what do you make of both of those players being back now at OTAs and officially participating in, in these organized activities? At the most foundational level, it's a huge boost for both sides of the football. You look at Nate Davis, again, a guy who signed a three-year $30 million deal in free agency to basically play right guard. And again, to look at where the Bears roster is at – if you're dishing Nate Davis the $10 million a year over the next three years, the message that you're kind of sending is, hey, we want you to play right guard because we believe that you are a bit of an upgrade over a guy like Tevin Jenkins, which, again, I think no disrespect to Tevin Jenkins, but it's a completely fair argument to go ahead and make knowing his health issues that he's had. Now, the good thing is the Bears do have a role for Jenkins on this team, but just seeing one of your key free agents back, 
and in the fold ready to go is really a positive sign because this is a team where they've added so much this offseason, especially on offense. It's going to take time for everything to really come together in the regular season. In terms of Jalen Johnson being back, I mean, that is the second longest tenured member of your secondary right behind Eddie Jackson, which Again, it was good to see him back at Hallis Hall taking part in some of the individual stuff and the easing Jackson back in the team stuff. It's just you have one of the youngest secondaries in the NFL. You're looking at Juan Brisker, Kyler Gordon, two guys that are second-year starters, and then going to another future starter as a rookie in Tyreek Stevenson. Just having Johnson and Jackson back in the fold just for such a young positional group makes it so much better because – Johnson and Jackson are solid mentors. And regarding the Jalen Johnson contract situation, I mean, he pretty much was upfront and not shy about what he was doing this off season. And he said he was spending time with his daughter in California, which I'm sure anyone who's got kids can go ahead and respect that. And then on top of it, you know, he doesn't have an agent right now, but he says he'll sign with one. So it's good to see these guys back in the fold and just listen to Jalen talk yesterday the vibe I definitely got was he wants to be here. And not only that, he wants to be a bear for life and wants to get this thing worked out. Yeah, I like the quote that Jalen had where he essentially, so I'm paraphrasing here, but he basically said that, you know, the Bears can find another cornerback. His daughter can't get another father. So I kind of like the message that he had there, you know, that, for these players, there's a lot more that's important to them than just football. So I like um, that Jalen made that known of where he's at, his mindset wise. And as far as the contract goes, like getting that agent, I think will be key for him. I'm very curious to see what decision he ends up making on who his agent will be, because that'll probably determine a lot in terms of whether the bears can get a deal done here. Um, having that relationship between a front office and an agency is as, as we've seen with the Bears, they've, they've targeted a lot of players who come from the same agency. So um, it's definitely important in terms of working out these long-term deals. So I am curious to see what happens there. And we saw last offseason how a player not having an agent, Roquan Smith, can you know make things a little contentious in these um, you know in, in these contract extension talks because it gets a little bit more personal. Um, in the conversations when you're going from player to the front office directly in terms of negotiating, um, you know, you don't have that buffer that an agent can provide uh, to be able to kind of filter the message that you're getting from the team. So um, I, I think it would be a good thing for Jalen to get that agent situation figured out and start, get some ground going on an extension. Cause I do think, you know, the bears would be better off to have him here long-term I'm not sure where he's at in terms of, you know, what type of deal he wants. Does he want long-term money? Does he want a short-term deal? You know, how much is he asking for? Does he want to be paid among the top cornerbacks in the NFL? Or is he willing to go at a lower price that I think is probably a little bit more, um, I guess, reflective of who he has been as a player in the NFL and who he is going forward. So, We'll see. There's a lot to talk about there, and I think that's a good segue into our discussion for today's podcast, which transitioning away from the 2023 NFL draft and really the 2023 offseason and getting an early look ahead at the 2024 offseason for this Bears team. Kind of talking about where this team is at from a resource standpoint, where they're at from a roster standpoint in terms of what needs will be on this roster and, you know, who are some of the players coming up that the Bears really need to think about extending? Jalen Johnson is certainly one of those players. But first, let's start off from a resource standpoint because that's probably going to be the biggest factor in here in terms of what do the Bears have to spend and what draft picks do the Bears have. And let's start with the cap space situation here because free agency will come first. And right now you're looking at it. Uh, this is according to over the caps projections, so this is not official. Um or official, I should say. Uh, it's not official, but right now, over over the cap is projecting that next year's salary cap uh, will be set across the league at two hundred and fifty six million dollars, which is a big jump from this past year, which was a run around hundred twenty five million. And assuming that two hundred fifty six million is accurate, the Bears are going to be standing around ninety to ninety five million 
Well, right now, according to Overcap, they have about $96 million in cap space, but that's probably going to change due to, you know, some of the contracts that are on there right now that are probably just holdovers. Um, so, but, and also, like, they don't have all the rookies under contract. So that kind of plays with figures as well. But what I find interesting here is right now, the Bears are sitting on about $30 million in cap space this season. They have yet to, I think, address the edge rusher position and bring in a name there so that maybe that'll be a, a little bit less uh, heading into, you know, training camp and whatnot. But here's the thing with the NFL salary cap is that you can roll over money from the previous season into next season. So if the bears were to roll over all $30 million, they don't use that cap space this year. Let's say they can roll over about $30 million into next year on top of the cap space they already have. And that would give them about $125 million in cap space to play with here. So when you look at the cap space situation, I, I, I venture to say you say that they're in a pretty healthy spot in terms of what they can do, uh, you know, spending wise. They certainly are going to be in a really healthy spot, whether it is $96 million or even just 50 to $60 million because they decide to use some of that cap space to hand out a handful of extensions. Ultimately, you look at the cap space for next year and you supplement that with the other topic which is ryan pole's kind of favorite which is the draft picks the bears have two ones next year and then you look at two fourth round picks as well so they essentially right now have eight draft picks going into next year because it's two first rounders one courtesy of the carolina panthers and then a second third rounder two fourth rounders one of them being from the Jalen Carter trade made in the 2023 draft where the Bears moved back one spot to 10 and the Eagles moved up a spot to nine to acquire Jalen Carter in exchange for a fourth round pick. And then you look at picks in rounds five, six, and seven. So the Bears are really kind of swimming in resources here for the second consecutive offseason. And just looking at that, we kind of know how Ryan Poles is going to want to opt into free agency. He's going to be leveled. He's going to take the approach of, okay, let's just wait for the market to settle, see what we can get, kind of figure things out. And then with the draft, the draft picks, once again, are the Bears' two best assets because the Carolina Panthers, and a little bit of a tidbit here, but Bryce Young is taking first-team reps in OTAs today with the offense, which... Again, that's a situation you don't want to read too much into, but ultimately Bryce Young is going to play at some point this year. And so for wherever the Bears land, I mean, it's very possible that you're looking at a team with two top 20 draft picks, which is going to change the entire dynamic of the 2024 offseason. I would even argue this, that the two ones that the Bears have going into next year are arguably just as valuable as having the first overall pick from this past year and using that as trade leverage. Now, I'm not saying the Bears should go and trade both ones by any means, but it is nice to know sitting here in mid-June that from a roster-building standpoint, you have an extra first-round pick that you can cough up if you are to strike a trade for an edge rusher. And theoretically speaking from looking at those two first overall picks i mean if the bears do decide to dip into the edge rusher market this offseason whether via trade or free agency if it's via trade teams are probably going to want the carolina panthers first round draft pick that the bears have rather than the Bears own first round draft pick for next year simply because teams are going to project that carolina's pick is higher We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. 
That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, and only time will tell on the Panthers' first round pick in terms of whether that'll be higher or not. You know, the Panthers, we should say this up front like the Panthers, they're in the worst division of football. So anything could happen in the NFC South this year. I wouldn't be surprised if the Panthers even won the division with how bad that division is. Um, but Right now, yeah, I'd say it's projecting that the Panthers are going to be a worse team than the Bears. How worse they are and how how bad they are this season, who knows? Teams with rookie quarterbacks typically don't do very well during their rookie season. So that's certainly something where if you're a Bears fan, you're looking forward to that because if they can get a high draft pick this year from the Panthers while still taking a step forward um, record-wise this season, um, that would be tremendous for them going forward into the future here. And, and for the draft pick situation, um, I should also point out that they won't have their seventh round pick in 2024 because of the Nikhil Harry trade. So just a little thing to know. I don't think that's a big deal because it's a seventh round pick and you know, whatever they took a chance and Nikhil Harry didn't work out is what it is. Um, but yeah, like you said, two first round picks, they have both their second and third round pick, two fourth round picks, a fifth and sixth round picks. So, uh, right then and there, you're looking at, you know, a good amount of draft picks to build off of there. I think that's eight draft picks, like you said. So not only do the Bears have a ton of cap space, but they also have good draft capital. So from a resource standpoint, I mean, they're going into next offseason among the best, if not in the best situation in the NFL, because they'll have the ability to spend more than anybody, any team. Although we know that Ryan Poles doesn't typically like to spend a ton of money in free agency. Um, but they'll also have a lot of draft picks to be able to get some young talent on this roster as well. So they can find a really nice balance, I think, between um, extending guys, going out and addressing needs in free agency, being a little bit more aggressive there, and also adding more young talent to the roster and building up the depth of this roster. And where this gets exciting for me is that if Justin Fields breaks out and shows that he's the franchise quarterback moving forward, that accelerates your timeline to where I think you can afford to get a little bit more aggressive with your mindset in terms of you using your resources. And I think that would be something that would be very wise of Ryan Poles. If we see that this, this season that they could really go all in on addressing this roster, filling out the roster with a ton of really good players in depth and go for a run in 2024. So when we look forward to next season and some of the needs on this roster, I think, you know, this is a roster that, yes, it, it definitely improved this offseason. They addressed a lot of needs, but it's still a roster that has some holes on it and had some needs going into next year. So we'll start by going over probably the biggest need on this roster, and that's the edge rusher position. They did not address that really this offseason. They, they signed to Marcus Walker in free agency, but I view him as like a rotational piece, and he's better as a pass rusher from the inside anyway. So – they need a long-term solution at edge rusher. And really just, they need talent there in general, because the talent is for all intents and purposes, bare unless Travis Gibson and Dominique Robinson take a night, uh, a step forward this year. So when you look at the edge rusher position, you know, do you think this is a position where they could possibly double dip in terms of getting a guy in free agency or, and, and addressing that in the draft? What are your thoughts on, on the edge spot and what should they be looking for? Um, at edge next offseason. Absolutely. Yes, they should double dip in free agency. Yes, they should also look to the NFL draft. I would even argue this, and this would be a bit of a luxury, but since you have two ones, if you want to double dip and address your edge rusher position for the next handful of years with two guys on cheap rookie contracts, by all means do so. Because looking ahead to five, six, seven years down the line, when you do have to make a decision on some of these guys, it's very likely that if one of the two develops you could use the other one as potential trade bait now the key thing with next offseason is this i am a big believer and i think we can all say this that the best edge rushers you don't find game changers necessarily in free agency right so your nick bozas your joey bozas your miles garrett i mean those types of players your khalil max even all thrown there they're never actually going to hit free agency so it's tough to say whether or not the Bears would be comfortable acquiring one of those players via trade or just an edge rusher via trade. The NFL draft is where it gets really fun. Next year, you have 
a handful of guys that are going to be first round picks at edge rushers and throughout the fall and next spring, the conversation is pretty much going to be who do you have ranked and where we know Jared verse from Florida state is one of the top consensus guys. And then you look at Dallas Turner from Alabama, who again, this past season I thought got really overlooked specifically because all the hype and focus was on Will Anderson jr. But the next great Alabama edge rusher is without a doubt, Dallas Turner. You look at the interior of the defensive line and Michael Hall Jr. from Ohio State is one of the more interesting names to keep an eye on. And then you have JT Tuomolu again from Ohio State, another really high upside edge rusher. So where the Bears are at right now as a team is it's an issue because you don't have a long-term solution at edge rusher on the roster. You're not going to have one until next off season, but what you can do to kind of alleviate that is dip into the free agency market. And right now, again, Frank, Frank Clark's a guy that you may not like the off field issues that he has, but there is a connection that he has there to a player like Ryan Poles. And I said this this morning on Twitter and I'll say it again, Ryan Poles last season, the start right at the start of training camp signed Michael Schofield and Riley. We have two vets who, Again, we're just about serviceable and average for a team that had holes along the offensive line. I would argue this year, too, a guy like Frank Clark who's sitting at home hoping for something to pop up, hopefully with a title contender, and then he realizes he's not going to get something and then just signs to at least be playing somewhere is the type of guy that the Bears need to go ahead and look into bringing in. But next offseason, the draft is the place to find your long-term pass rusher to build around for the foreseeable future. Yeah. A couple of other names I'll throw out there as well. Some guys that I'm pretty intrigued by going to the next year's first round picks at a rusher, uh, chop Robinson out of Penn state. This guy is, is a great athlete at the position. He broke out last year for Penn state, um, really talented speed rusher. Um, although he's still a little bit raw in some areas, but he, yeah, I think he had PFF had him as their, highest graded pass rusher among edge rushers in college football last year. So he's a really talented player um, who needs some refinement. And then looking elsewhere here, Braylon Trice out of Washington, he actually led all of college football last year in pressures. So even ahead of Will Anderson, who was a pressure machine throughout his entire college career, uh, Braylon Trice was a, a pressure machine last year. He had 70 pressures uh, for Washington. So, um, those are a couple other options here. There are a lot of talented edge rushers. I, I think looking ahead, it's looking like that's going to be the strength of next year's draft class outside of a couple of the big quarterback names at the top. And the tackle class is pretty strong. And uh, it's looking like <clears throat> there are some good weapons in the, in the wide receiver and tight end market as well. And then you look at the free agency class next year, and this is going to be subject to change because a lot of these guys are probably going to be either re-signing with their team or getting franchise tags. I, I Again, I'm just going to assume right away that Nick Bosa, he, who's expect, who's slated to hit the market, I, I'm expecting he's not going to hit the market. I think the 49ers work out a long-term deal there. There's no chance they let him leave. I, I'm assuming that Rashawn Gary doesn't hit the market. Um, I think that would be pretty silly the Packers to let that happen, obviously. So I think you can take those two off the board, but there are some solid names besides those two those two guys that I think could be in play for the bears to target in free agency next year. I look at, you know, if you want to get a veteran guy on the roster, Trey Hendrickson from the Cincinnati Bengals is somebody who he's had a really productive career, not only with the saints before that, but he's been the best pass rusher on the Bengals over the past couple seasons um, has been a really big part of that defense over there. He's going to be 29 years old, I think going into next year. So getting up there in age a little bit, but still, I think has a couple of years left in him to where you feel like he can be a productive player for you. Um, Daniil Hunter is expected to hit free agency next off season as well. Um, again, it, it, the only question with Daniil Hunter is health. If he's healthy, he's one of the best pass rushers, uh, edge rushers in all of football, probably a top 10 to 15 edge rusher right now in the NFL. The only question for him is, is, is can he stay on the field and be consistent in that regard? Uh, but there are also a lot of other players there, that the Bears can target. Like Washington, the, the commanders, they have slated both of their edge rushers, you know, expected to hit the market or 
not expecting the market, but are slated to hit the market, and that's Montez Sweat and Chase Young, they're going to have to make the decision between one of those two. So right now I think it's tracking to where they're probably going to keep Montez Sweat long-term and let Chase Young go. If Chase Young's a free agent this coming offseason, I think the Bears should be very interested in that deal because Young, um, when he was a prospect coming out of Ohio State, like he was one of the best edge rushers we had seen in years at that point. Um, was a dominant player in college, and he's flashed that in the NFL, but hasn't really stayed healthy, hasn't been a consistent pass rusher in the NFL, but he's he has the ability, and I think the Bears would be very intrigued by that. Some other names that I like that they could probably target as well if they wanted to fill up the, the depth on the roster here. Um, I look at guys like Derek Barnett, who's been a solid player for the Eagles, uh, Jerry Hughes, getting up there in age, but still a productive pass rusher. Dante Fowler, um, still a pretty solid uh, backup rotational type of guy. Um, if they want to go for, you know, really cheap options, like you're looking at guys like Clellan Farrell, you know, they could re-sign Rasheem Green if, if, they, if he has a productive year for them. So it is a pretty solid year in terms of getting edge rushers and in free agency, I think, next year. Um, again, a lot of these guys will probably not hit the market, but just kind of a preview of who is expected to be available. Looking at some other needs on this roster, though, you said, you know, I, I still think the interior defensive line is still going to be a bit of a need. I know they addressed this position with two draft picks, but I don't think you can have enough depth and playmakers. And it's probably unlikely that both Dexter and Pickens hit as long-term starters. So, you know, in terms of the interior defensive line, you know, what are, what are some options that you're looking at here for going into next offseason for that? Once again, I think the best way to do it is address it through the NFL draft. And to your defensive line, like I said, you know, you got Michael Hall from Ohio State, who, again, you could argue has probably been the top interior defensive lineman from Ohio State to potentially declare for – a handful of years. So he's going to be one name to go ahead and keep an eye on. And you've also got Tyleek Williams from Ohio State as well. So the key thing to understand about next offseason is that in terms of the draft, I mean, Alabama and Ohio State is sending a handful of both offensive and defensive players to the roster, and they're going to go ahead and dominate round one. But then when we look at kind of where the Bears are at in terms of the free agency market, I mean – it's an interesting market that's out there if things go the way the Bears want them to with this 4-3-1 gap scheme that Matt Eberflus is running. It would not be a surprise to see them dip into the veteran free agency market and sign a guy who, again, has enough left in the tank but isn't necessarily going to be a guy that you know is going to blow anyone out of the water by any means. Now, the top two names for next year come to mind which is Leonard Williams and Chris Jones I mean Chris Jones is going to be 30 years old I don't see him going anywhere and then you have DJ Reader as well as Marcus Davenport you know Reader makes sense but again he is going to be 30 years old Marcus Davenport's going to be 28 so that's a situation there where really just want to kind of keep an eye on what both those guys are able to do how their health progresses the one wild card I'll throw in there is a Sean Robinson who signed with the Giants this past Last year he's only 29 years old he's been a serviceable starter and he seems like the type of guy that Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus would want to go ahead and sign in the sense that perfect scheme fit not necessarily super expensive either and then one final name would actually be Taven Bryan, who's currently with the Indianapolis Colts again a former first round pick a guy who coming out of Florida was really in a sense labeled as a major boom or bust prospect and he's been boom at times that he would be the type of player where this coaching staff could develop and get his career back on track and then Javon Kinlaw from the 49ers is only going to be 27 next offseason it's going to be a free agent so that's a situation worth monitoring because it's quite likely that San Francisco has to pick between Nick Bosa versus Javon Kinlaw, which easy decision would be Nick Bosa. Yeah, I'll say this like the when we look at the free agent market here. Um, let's just get one thing out of the way. Uh, Quentin Williams is expected to be the top 
defensive tackle hitting the market. Uh, he's not making it to the market, guys. I hate to tell you, but uh, he's going to get a long-term deal from the Jets. I, I don't see that being a possibility for the Bears there, although if Quinton Williams did hit free agency, like I'm all for giving him a giant bag of money because he is a absolute beast as a three-tech. Um, but I actually – one man that would be very intriguing that is expected to – or it looks like right now that he could hit the market – is uh, Grover Stewart Stewart from the Indianapolis Colts has a ton of familiarity with Matt Eberflus going back to their days together in Indianapolis. Grover Stewart, he's one of the best run defending uh, defensive tackles in the NFL right now, and also does have some value as a pass rusher. Um, he's just a really solid player. I think he's a player that you know when the Bears drafted Dexter in the second round this year, I think they were looking to to Stewart quite a bit as kind of like a prototype. Uh, for that selection there. So, I mean, if you could have two of those type of guys on the roster, like why not, you know, because with the defensive line, you want to have not only a good starting unit, but good depth behind those guys, a good second unit. Uh, That way you can rotate in and out and not have these guys get tired throughout the course of a game and a season. Um, And so that's, that's why even if guys like Dexter and Pickens do hit, um, they don't really have anybody, anybody else on the roster besides the two guys in the defensive tackle um, area for them. And if they can upgrade that spot, they could have a really dominant defensive line uh, that could really help out the rest of that defense. Because we know the back seven is looking pretty good right now, but that defensive line is still worrisome for me. So if you can get some veterans on this roster to kind of complement the guys that you drafted, I, I think that'd be a really good step for them. We've got a couple other guys I think make sense. Tyre Tart. From the Tennessee Titans, he's kind of an under-the-radar guy, but uh, he's been very good for the Tennessee Titans, um, playing alongside some of the talent that they have there. Uh, DJ Reader, like you said, he's another guy who just really stands out. Uh, one of the best run-defending defensive tackles in the NFL. If he leaves Cincinnati for whatever reason, because they have to pay some of the big names on offense, like Joe Burrow, uh, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, you know, they got some money to spend for those guys there they may be willing to let a guy like a DJ reader go. So he could be an option for the, for you there. If you want to get, you know, a dominant presence on that defensive line uh, to kind of help the young guys along a little bit. And then some other names that would interest me. Um, you know, I look at Sheldon Rankins and Malik Collins, both of those guys would kind of fit the three tech for this defense as penetrators, pass rushers, both those guys really, really solid players all around. Uh, Javon Kinlaw, like you kind of mentioned, uh, Christian Wilkins expected to hit the market. I don't think Miami lets him hit the market. He was absolutely incredible last season, so I don't see that happening. Um, but yeah, I mean, there are a lot of options here to address defensive line. I think it is going to be, I think we do see quite a few names hit the market for this group now that I'm looking at it. And the Bears could certainly upgrade this roster in terms of adding more talent to the depth chart here. In the, in the interior of the defensive line. And then the drafts, there are a couple options in the first round. You mentioned a couple of them, but, uh, you know, Jerjan Newton out of Illinois, you know, he was PFF's highest graded interior defensive lineman besides Jalen Carter last year, I believe. So he's one of the top returning defensive tackles in this year's uh, draft. And then Leonard Taylor out of Miami, another guy who, uh, a lot of scouts really like him as a first-round pick. So those are a couple of other options that the Bears could use to address this position in the first round of next year's draft. So, yeah, th- there are options, I think, for the Bears in terms of adding more talent to this unit. But moving on to away from some of the glaring needs, I don't think there are too many glaring needs outside of if they let certain players leave in free agency. And that's kind of a good spot to, to uh, transition to some contract extension candidates and free agents, free agents that the Bears should be looking to retain uh, next offseason. And we'll start with some of the big names here. Darnell Mooney and Chase Claypool, a wide receiver. I think they're going to have to make a decision between one of those two. Um, as of right now, you say, where do you stand on you know that decision that the Bears have to make there? It is a tough decision to make 
But if I am a betting individual, I would say the Bears lean Darnell Mooney more so Chase Claypool. And the reason being is simply because Darnell Mooney, we know what he's done. He's had a thousand yard season. Last year, the tough part was not only was the season cut short due to a season ending injury, but teams kind of were rolling coverage towards Mooney, which really didn't free him up. And then just the chemistry that he's developed with Justin Fields makes him a much more ideal complement for the offense, but also complement to wide receiver DJ Moore. The hard part about Chase Claypool, again, is hindsight's 2020, but he only had like 140-something yards last year. And I understand he got to Chicago halfway through the season, but when you listen to Fields as well as offensive coordinator Luke Getze talk, they all mention how Chase is in a better place. He's light years ahead of where he was last year coming in. He's had a full offseason to spend. And again, that's all great. But at the end of the day, the question now really becomes is who is the more realistic fit? in terms of looking at the offense is it your vertical big play threat like Mooney who's gonna free up opportunities for DJ Moore or is it this big bodied wide receiver in Chase Claypool and quite frankly Chase Claypool's price tag likely is going to be higher than what the Bears could be willing to pay it's also a situation where Chase if he does hit the open market some team is gonna throw at least 15 to 16 million per year at him Yeah, I agree. I think Darnell Mooney is probably the guy they look to extend to. Not only is he, I think, the better receiver than Chase Claypool, he's more proven than Chase Claypool, but he's also best friends with your franchise quarterback, and that kind of matters here um, when it comes down to it, I think. So I, I expect Darnell Mooney to be the guy that they end up keeping long-term, and I think he's a good complement to DJ Moore, two re- receivers that can kind of play all over the field, all over the formation. I, I like the fit there. I think it's a better fit than Claypool, who – you know, he adds more of a size component, but a lot of Claypool's, you know, route tree and his skill set is kind of on low percentage, um, you know, vertical goal balls and, and jump balls. And he hasn't really proven to me that he can be a, you know, efficient player on those types of routes. And um, he's not a guy who gets consistent separation either. So, I think if you're making that decision right now, and we'll see what happens during the season, but Darnell Mooney seems to be the guy that I think I would go with if I was running the Bears here, if I was in Ryan Pohl's shoes. Um, A couple other free agents, though. We talked about uh, Jalen Johnson earlier. If Jalen Johnson doesn't get re-signed, that does open up a need at outside corner. They addressed it with Tyree Stevenson in this past year's draft, and they uh, drafted Keller Gordon um, in the second round of the 2022 NFL draft. So, They do have some young talent there. They also drafted Terrell Smith um, out of Minnesota to be an outside corner. So I do think they have some depth there that they could fall back on, but that could be a need for them. But let's go to the offensive side of the ball again. Cole Komet, do we think an extension happens with him? Because if it does, I think they're probably – this is the one that's probably most going to be likely to be done this offseason. What are your thoughts on a Cole Komet deal? Absolutely, an extension gets done. This podcast has developed a reputation for not being the biggest Cole Komet fans, but looking at everything from Cole's perspective last season, I mean, this was a passing offense that was down bad, and there were times where it was literally just Cole Komet who was a viable go-to option, much, much, much like Darnell Mooney. I mean, Cole has become Justin Fields' security blanket and best friend, so that's a connection that you look to keep in place. Now, again, the one thing with Cole Komet is he's not the dynamic playmaker that a guy like a Travis Kelsey is but he has proven to be solid where he's able to go ahead and get the job done so naturally for Cole Komet I mean it's in the Bears best interest to ink him to an extension this year actually because what is that going to do if you get an extension done over the next couple weeks you are effectively in a position where you can lower some of his cap hit for this year and then really have the money kick in future years down the line but The thing to also understand is that you don't want to let guys walk just because you couldn't agree on money with them and then effectively have to create another need. Because while a guy like Brock Bowers from Georgia is going to be tight end one for next year, 
the Bears are not going to have the luxury of spending an additional first-round pick. Or I shouldn't say they won't have the luxury, but it just makes no sense to spend a first-round pick on a tight end. We've got a pretty decent one who's already on the roster. Yeah, I, I ultimately think that a deal is going to get done sooner than later, I think, for Cole Komet. And I think the Bears could afford to add another tight end to the room you know, just to have multiple pass cap catching options there, you know, like kind of like what they did with Robert Tunyon though. I don't think it would be a necessarily a need to get a big name guy to kind of compliment Cole Komet, just someone who can be you know, a little bit more of a flex tight end, someone who can split out wide a little bit, be more of a dynamic player in the passing game, but they don't necessarily need a impact guy. Um, even though I don't view Cole Komet as an impact player, He's solid enough to where I don't think you need an impact guy there unless the opportunity is there where, hey, if Brock Bowers is on the board, I think Brock Bowers is one of the three to four best players in this draft class coming up here. So if Brock Bowers is there, I am all for drafting a Brock Bowers. Like that is I, – I, I'm all for that. And that goes to Marvin Harrison Jr. too. If Marvin Harrison Jr. is on the board for the Bears, you take that guy because, I mean, just both those guys are going to be future pro ball, all pro type of guys in my opinion. So – I'm always down to add more talent to the pass catching weaponry if if it's available, but it's not. They're not glaring needs. I would I would agree there. Um, you know, a couple other guys who are going to be free agents. You know, from that what was it the 2019 draft when these guys were drafted? It feels like a while. 2020 draft they were drafted. It feels like forever ago they were they were drafted by the Bears here. But you know, this was the second to last draft by Ryan Pace and uh, his regime here. A couple other guys set to hit free agency next year from that regime. I look at. Um, Kendall Vildor and Travis Gibson are expected to market. Do we think the Bears consider bringing any of these two guys back? I, I don't think it's likely for Vildor because of what they've done at cornerback. Gibson could possibly be brought back if he has a big year, but I don't know. I, I'm not sure either of these guys are going to be priority re-signings. What, what are your thoughts on that? No, I don't think either of them are priority re-signings. I mean, the Bears pretty much told us what their thoughts are on Kendall Vildor when they drafted Terrell Smith in the fifth round. I mean, and look, if we examine where this team is at in terms of cornerback depth, guys like Josh Blackwell and Jalen Jones did pretty okay last year considering they were undrafted free agents. And Again, Kendall Villar's been here three years at this point. In a sense, there comes a point in time where you kind of say, okay, enough is enough. Why don't we just go ahead and give an undrafted free agent a chance? Because maybe that UDFA can prove something more than this six-round pick that our regime didn't even draft is going to go ahead and show us. The other aspect of it ultimately comes down to this, is that at best what do you see Vildor and Travis Gibson as do you see them as guys that are legitimately future starters or do you see them as guys who again are just going to be rotational pieces kind of in the background most of the time and then someone who is in a situation where it's ultimately just like you can rely on him but they're not the most consistent guys so from that perspective Neither of them should be back. Now, Travis Gibson's going to get a deal somewhere in free agency because he did have seven sacks in 2021, stepping up in place of Khalil Mack. But Kendall Vildor is the guy who is basically going to be left hung out to dry and likely not going to sign anywhere unless it's like a one-year veteran minimum deal. Yeah, I, I, I don't think... Personally, with the resources the Bears are going to have available to them next offseason and some of the players available to them, I don't anticipate either of these two guys being in their future plans. It just it, it makes more sense for them to turn over this roster and add guys that are their guys, so to speak, and you know, just add some fresh new talent, I think, to to the teams, which it, it's what is badly needed especially at that edge group where they are one of the worst in the NFL right now at that edge spot. So I, I, it makes a lot of sense to turn over the roster there. And Kevin Vildor just doesn't seem like he's a fit for what Iberflus wants to do on defense. Although I, I do think he had a pretty solid year last year, all things considered when he was out in the field. Um, the last conversation point I want to, I want us to touch on here is, you know, Justin Fields after the season going into next off season, 
he will be three years into his career. He will be eligible for the fifth year option, which is a huge step. If you were to earn that fifth year option, it gives the bears another year of control, another year to kind of figure out a contract extension on Justin Fields. But to me, you know, if he takes a step forward, I think they're going to give him the fifth year option unless he really does not, you know, improve this year. But I think he will with DJ Moore. The question I have for you, say it is, and the question I'll pose here, if Justin Fields does take a significant leap forward and he is, you know, playing at a Pro Bowl caliber level, he looks like he's going to be a top 10 to 12 guy moving forward here. As the Bears, with all the cap space that you have available to you next offseason, do you just get it over with and try to get a long-term dirt, long-term deal figured out now and now and there? That way you have the quarterback settled in for the next five to six years on your roster there and use that cap space to kind of um, eat some dead money on that quarterback, not dead money, but eat some signing bonus money on getting that quarterback locked in because I, I, I go back and forth on this. I think Justin Fields through the first two years of his career, he's shown flashes, but he hasn't been consistent enough to where I feel like, you know, he, he has earned a long-term extension quite yet. But with DJ Moore in the building here, I think that definitely changes things for his long-term outlook with the team. Yes, absolutely. You go ahead and you get it done as soon as possible. And here's why. Because that fifth-year option, the money that if you pick it up, Justin's going to have really reasonable cap hits in 2024 as well as 2025. And the way that teams love to structure some of these contracts right now is that a lot of the extension money would not kick in effectively until the 2026 season so that means that his shot he could be under contract you know until 2029 or 2030 at least and again that's just based off the rough numbers considering everything does go according to plan the bigger thing to understand here is you pick up the fifth year option the money doesn't kick in until 2026 that still gives you a handful of years to continue rounding out the roster because again this team is going to have some needs to address over the next couple of years like any team does every single year but you're right with dj Moore now in the building the dynamic changes to the point where it's kind of like a boomer bust year for fields because next year the bears do have the two ones and i go back to what i said earlier the two ones give this team a lot of flexibility and it is a really good quarterback class coming up now how good the bears are is ultimately going to be determined by whatever product the team and the coaching staff puts out onto the field but Again, if Justin doesn't hit, then this regime at least has the major card of, well, we walked into a situation where he was the quarterback. Look at everything we built around him. We aren't really linked to him. Let us get our own guy in here to be able to prove you wrong that we're right and Justin is really the issue so this is a situation where you have that fifth year option if he earns it it's in everyone's best interest to pick it up and you pick up that fifth year option you are basically going ahead and saying hey listen you know we believe that you are our guy of the future yeah this is going to be a big year for justin fields i think this is the year where he proves whether he is the guy moving forward with the birds and i think he's getting there i think he is going to be that guy i think he's going to prove himself to be worthy of you know being a long-term you know, franchise quarterback for this team. I just, I have a really good feeling about him. I, I have a really good feeling about his development with DJ Moore in the building here. So if he's worthy of having his fifth year option picked up, then I am all for trying to get an extension done as soon as possible because the quarterback contracts are going to be getting uh, insane through, <laughs> through the next couple of guys that are coming up here. We saw Jalen Hurts and Lamar Jackson both sign $50 million per year this off season. Joe Burrow and, and Justin Herbert are next on that list, and they are going to get mega money uh, for sure, probably going to be topping $50 million per year. And if I'm the Bears and if Justin Fields proves to be that guy, I'm sure Trevor Lawrence is going to get a huge extension as well with what he's done in Jacksonville so far. So, again, like if I'm the Bears, I'm trying to get ahead of that, and I'm trying to get a contract figured out as soon as possible. That way it helps me long-term because that number will be a little bit lower than the next guy that comes up and the next guy that comes up. So you want to be, I, I think you got, you got to be proactive about this and you got to get a deal done as soon as you can. If you feel like Justin Fields is that guy and there are ways to structure it to where 
you can probably get out of the deal if it doesn't work out. I, I'm sure that they can find, you know, loopholes to be able to make that the case. And that's the advantage of having having as much cap space as they do right now is that they can absorb large cap hits early on right now. So that way they don't have to deal with that, those long-term ramifications on dead money down the road. So I think that's something where they can get a little bit creative in the structure there, you know, if things don't work out and, and they can kind of, you know, take that there. So, but ultimately I think, I feel like Justin Fields is going to prove himself to be the guy. And if I'm the bears, I'm using a significant amount of the cash space that they have, you know, saved up right now. And I'm using that on a, on a large signing bonus for Justin Fields, getting that cap hit down. And like you said, because most of that money won't kick in until 2026, that still gives them a couple years to round out the rest of the roster and be aggressive spending wise and with the extra draft capital they have, with two first-round picks in 2024, two second-round picks in 2025, they can still add a lot of young talent to the roster, young cheap talent on the roster, to kind of balance out having um, you know, a big contract quarterback on the books there. So I, I think it would be the smart thing for the organization to do. I'm really looking forward to the day where I can finally say that the, that the Bears made a good decision signing a quarterback long-term to a franchise quarterback type of deal. Um, it's been a long time coming for Bears fans. And I, sh- I surely hope that that's something that works itself out next offseason. But uh, with that said, I think that's going to wrap it up for us here today. Um, for all of our listeners out there, make sure to like, rate, and subscribe and review on all podcasting platforms for the Bear Report and the Blue Wire um, here for us. Make sure to follow us on social media at Picks for Polls to get some of our updates on Twitter. And then you say, where can our listeners find your work and find you on social media? Yeah, guys, you can follow me on Twitter at Usaid Kosher. You can check out my work on the Bear Report as well. I will actually have an article detailing some of the things that the Bears have to look for in the 2024 offseason, kind of what it could look like that dives really in-depth, so keep an eye on that. Yeah, as for me, you can find my work on the Bear Report as well. Hoping to have some 2024 draft stuff coming up soon uh on the bear report and you can follow me on twitter at aj freeman 25 and get some of my takes on twitter there but with that said uh all of our bears fans out there make sure to keep on following the bear report through otas as we get through the month of june here but until next time bears fans have yourself a great weekend and bear down everyone is talking about magnesium it's all you hear about but why what do we know about magnesium Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.